The investment screening act that's that's currently in draft form yet. It's being run through parliament. That means that it's not yet entered into force, but that doesn't mean that transactions that are currently taking place are not subject to that screening act. That has to do with the potential retrospective effect that is included in that investment screening act. Welcome to Loyans and Luft Now. In this podcast series, we explore the legal and tax consequences of major trends and current events. What's happening? Why should I care? And how does it affect my business? Today, we dive into the foreign direct investment screening system that the Dutch government will implement in the coming months. This FDI screening means that in certain situations, investments into Dutch companies by foreign companies will have to meet additional legal requirements. We'll be discussing this with Boyd Volfers, Senior Associate within the Competition and Regulatory Practice Group, and Victor van Nuland, Senior Associate and Member of the Corporate M&A Practice Group. Boyd and Victor, welcome. Thank, Thank you very much. Right, Victor and Boyd, let's have a listen to what all the fuss is about. So this is uh, America Mobile, the big te- uh, Mexican telecoms operator and by Carlos Slim, has made a bid for KPN, that's the Dutch uh, telecoms company. Uh, he already owns 30%. China and Russia funded their own vaccine candidates. And the German government gave BioNTech $445 million. Last weekend, parts of the Ukrainian capital, Kiev, went dark. Holly Williams reports that Russia appears to have figured out how to crash a power grid with a click. Wow, lots of different information coming in there. I want to understand from your perspectives, what's going on? Why is this new foreign direct investment screening, we're going to call it FDI screening from now on, why is it being implemented here in the Netherlands? Well, the Netherlands has a very open economy. We have a small home market and are partly dependent on free trade and international capital flows. But due to changes in geopolitical relations, we have seen that there is also a downside to a very open uh, society and economy. And therefore, the M&A transactions have not only become commercially driven. There may be foreign parties, for example, governments that may be willing to acquire companies for geopolitical strategic reasons. Maybe they want to acquire a company to steal sensitive information or want to acquire a strategic position within the society in order to have a tool to put pressure on the society or government. In order to protect our national security from such unwanted foreign forces, the Netherlands want to implement two new so-called FDI screening mechanisms, one specifically for the telecom sector and a more general one that covers vital processes. But just for me to understand, is this something that's just happening in the Netherlands? No, it's not. It's a global trend. The US has already for many years a so-called FDI screening mechanism, but also in Europe, more and more countries are implementing such screening mechanism. Also, the European Union has adopted an FDI screening regulation, which also gives the opportunity to member states to implement their own screening mechanisms. Thanks, Boyd. I think we've got a bit of a picture now that this is this big trend. But um, I want to understand on the other side, who's actually being impacted by this? Is it every single business or is it something like kind of critical infrastructure? We've mentioned telecoms. 
Yeah, so not definitely not everyone is impacted. The Netherlands still would like to have such open economy. But the general FDI screening mechanism applies to providers of vital infrastructure and vital processes, as well as to providers of sensitive technologies. Vital processes and infrastructure is defined by categories defined in the, uh, in the new act. For example, transportation of heat, nuclear installations, air transport providers, port activities, banking services, infrastructure for financial services fall within the scope. And for example, with respect to transport of heat, you could think about Ineco, Vattenfall, uh, and air transport. You could think about the operator of Schiphol, the main uh, airport in, uh, in the Netherlands. So it's a limited list that is uh, currently clearly defined, but it's just legislative proposal. So it's good change in the future. Sensitive technology applies to providers that provide services that could be used for so-called dual purposes, both for civil as well as military purposes. And you could think about, for example, providers of semiconductors such as ASML. And what we're discussing now is the impact that this may have on the mergers and acquisitions process. Um, I'm wondering particularly about the timing of transactions. What's the impact going to be there? Well, the general FDI screening mechanism has a two-phase procedure, whereas the FDI screening mechanism for the telecom sector has just one phase. The first phase takes eight weeks, but the period could be extended up to six months for both the general FDI screening mechanism as well as for the telecommunications sector. The second phase, which only applies to the general FDI screening mechanism, could take eight weeks, but also that period could be extended by another six months. But that extension will be reduced by the extension period already used in the first phase. And then there is a second extension possible, up to three months, if there are obligations under the FDI screening regulation that has been adopted by the European Union. So it could be a, a very long timeline. And Victor, let me bring you in here. Um, how soon do we have to actually deal with this? I understand the telecoms is already in place, but what about this bigger picture on this different range of potential companies? Is it happening right now or is it in the distant future? No, exactly. So the Telecommunication Sector Act is already in place. So any transactions that fall within that scope uh, currently already have to be notified. For the Investment Screening Act, that's that's currently in draft form yet. It's being run through Parliament. That means that it's not yet entered into force, but that doesn't mean that transactions that are currently taking place are not subject to that Screening Act. That has to do with the potential retrospective effect that is included in that Investment Screening Act, which means that transactions that fall under the scope of that act could, with a retrospective effect up until September last year, be subjected to a notification obligation. That seems a bit unfair that things that are going on now or even have already happened might actually be affected by this act. How does that work? Yeah, it can it can definitely have a material impact. Um, and the minister is also aware of that. So in the legislative proposals is also clearly mentioned that it will be hesitant in enforcing its um it's, it's rights under these uh, retrospective effect clauses. So uh, it's aware of the material impact it has and the uncertainty that it creates, but it wants to make sure as also as a result of, of the Corona crisis to make sure that companies that um, get into financial distress as a result of the Corona crisis 
are not um, being taken over or maybe more vulnerable to takeovers just prior to this act being entered into. That's extraordinary, isn't it, for you to to have to to deal with that? I mean, are there implications for what happens if a company doesn't actually comply with this then? Well, the minister may impose fines. And with respect to the general FDI screening mechanism, they are high. It could be imposed a fine up to 10% of the group turnover. So that could be a very high fine. With respect to the sector-specific legislation for the telecom sector, the minister can impose a fine up to 900,000 euro. Yeah. Mm, that's not a great deal? Or it is? Depend- well, it, it could be, of course, but it surprised us that those fines weren't aligned. And there's also a lot of other implications. Yeah, yeah. if I may add to that, is, is, is um, what you also see as, as implications to the non-compliance is a potential suspension of certain shareholder rights. So if you do not comply, then you will lose your right of control. It, you don't lose your financial rights as a shareholder, but you will immediately lose your right of actual to actually exercise control in the company that uh, you've, you've acquired. And do you see other implications for you and your merger and acquisitions business? Well, what else is going to be affected by this? Yeah, no, definitely. So there are quite a lot of points where this affects M&A uh, and transactions uh, in specific. So timing is, of course, a point that's already mentioned by Boyd. One other element that is very important here is the potential impact it has on controlled auctions. So if you sell a company that's that's often done by way of an actual auctioning off of the company itself, one of the vital elements that you take into account there if you sell your company is the deal certainty that in the end of the whole process, you can actually sell the company, right? So this legislation provides for a uncertainty to that end if because of the fact that the minister may impose mitigating measures or even impose a prohibition of the transaction involved. So before actually selecting bidders to a process or selecting bidders to a next phase in a process, um, it's very much recommended to indeed make an assessment to what extent these bidders are, have a risk involved with them uh, to actually be subjected to these mitigating measures or a potential prohibition from the minister. So um, that's that's an important factor to take into account from an M&A perspective. Are we seeing the same measures across the whole of Europe? Because uh, you've mentioned this is a worldwide trend that, that it's happening in Europe or are the Dutch ones particular, that they quite quite different from others? No, definitely not. It's indeed a global trend and a lot of countries within the European Union are indeed implementing FDI screening. The European Union has adopted an FDI screening regulations which gives the member states the opportunity to implement such screening mechanism because it does not provide the criteria. So every country is free to implement such screening mechanism or not, and also to uh, determine the criteria on the basis of which the uh, investment is screened, the scope of the screening mechanism, etc. So there are a lot of differences in Europe between the different FDI screening mechanisms. And that is, of course, difficult if a party wants to have an investment which has angles through Europe. Whereas in the US, there's just one CFIUS screening mechanism, which applies to the entire United States of America. And that is, that is, I think, difficult. It would be better if those screening uh, criteria would be aligned. But obviously, we know that it's also political sensitive uh, more than for other regulations, which have a more technical background. So I've got this stream of information in now about the FDI screening. But if you each had to pick 
one specific point that you want the listeners to go away with that they really have to take into account for this, then what would it be, Victor? Uh, yeah, one point. Um, I, I think that, that the most important point from this new legislation is that um, deal markets, they're currently used to merger control, right? So um, that means that antitrust reviews uh, are, are a uh, element that, that uh, parties are used to in M&A, and they're largely predictable. They're based on established law, case law as well, and, and also economics. And I think what parties need to take into account that uh, with these FDI screening regulations, you add more unpredictability to a transaction because of the fact that this control or the screening is not purely based on on laws and economics. It's also based on yeah um, risk and a risk to national security. So those factors are more unpredictable. And I think that the markets will have to get used to that. I think that um, the most, most important point I want to mention is, is timing. Uh, please ensure that when you start thinking about a new uh, investment, which has a Dutch angle, please be on time in asking whether uh, the investment falls within the scope so that you ensure that you um, well fulfill the obligations under this new legislation. Victor, Boyd, thank you both very much for coming on the show and sharing your insights into this new FDI screening mechanism that's partly here, partly on its way. That's it for this edition. Thank you for listening to Loyens and Loof now. You can find this episode and all the other episodes at wherever you get your podcasts and also at the Loyens and Loof website. Please visit also the show notes for a direct link to the in-depth article to get even more knowledge about the foreign direct investment screening system or how to get in touch with Victor and Boyd. Bye.